0: Eric herded me inside of a broom closet. Picked my book and adjusted his medals on his shirt. Whomever this graven fire is must be a big deal, since I'm stuck in the closet. Okay, space lady, start the show. Greetings to all sentient life forms in the universe. Welcome to Poetic Earthlings, a show that will provoke... Inspire and alter your perception. Here's your host from a remote location south of the 49th parallel, York Campbell. Eric's cool, detached swagger was losing its luster to the point that sweat leaked from his tattoo. Hiding inside of a broom closet is classical material for a sitcom, or one of those horror flicks where the main character is trying to escape from the monster. I shouldn't be making light of this situation, I know. I'm 400 years away from home and off of my meds. This calls for radical seriousness. A flight or fight reaction, I think that's what they call it, but for some reason... This all seems ridiculous. Don't make a sound. Not a word. He pressed his fingers against his lips. I shook my head and gave him a questioning look. You know, I wasn't really sure why I had to remain silent. If I thought about it for even a second, I would be able to connect the dots. I would have answered my own question and see that hiding your biological carbon copy from your dystopian supervisor is the best option. Hopefully I didn't lose you. Closet door had tiny rivets allowing me to peek out. Eric reclined at his desk, occupying himself with the meaningless task of moving and rearranging things. That kind of reminds me of my workplace when... I know that my supervisor is showing up and I'm doing meaningless tasks to make myself look busy. The door opened. Grace Jones entered. She mentioned Senator Gravenfire, bowed and moved to the side. Gravenfire and his enormous smile and pearly white teeth encompassed the room. He hugged and kissed Eric on each cheek and slowly sauntered around the room. His gray hair was deshuffled, face scruffy. His eyes darted in all directions. Did he notice me? I don't think so. He was too engaged in meaningless chit-chat about the weather, his daughter's choir practice, and his obsession with cooking recipes. Yeah, you heard me right cooking recipes. His tattered shirt was half tucked in. His belly hung over his belt. However, his black leather boots had a spit-shine finish. How strange. He fixed himself a cup of herbal tea, drenched it with a half cup of sugar. Do you know why we built the domes? He took big gulps of the steaming tea without cooling it down. Of course, Senator, it's to protect the chosen, to keep the human race pure. Gravenfire's jolly smile faded. He went into a spiel about the Founding Fathers and the New Republic's Constitution. Eric sat still, like a schoolboy sent to the principal's office. From what I gathered, the Earth was plagued with an unholy war. Chemicals ravished 90% of the surface. Dome cities were built before the fallout. We detected a foreign aircraft entering your airspace. He added more sugar and stirred the tea with his finger. We're experimenting with different technologies. You should have been notified. He stopped stirring. And looked up. The enemy could look like you. Some claim to be time travelers. My blood turned cold. I examined Senator Gravenfire. Something about his appearance was uh, a bit off. His face seemed lopsided, and his body didn't seem to match his head. I rubbed my eyes a few times and took A better look. All of his human features dissolved, such as his eyes, nose, lips, ears. Whatever Senator Gravenfire is, one thing is for sure. He's not human. I lost my balance, fell backwards, and knocked a couple of the firearms off of the shelf. Instinctively, Gravenfire, or whatever this thing is, responded and moved with his weapon drawn. Senator, it's nothing. I was trying to fix a shelf that keeps on falling down. You know, Eric, aiding and abetting the enemy is a criminal offense. He was inches away from the door. I grabbed a gun, prayed that it was loaded, and placed my digit on the trigger. His hand reached for the door. He opened it as I pressed the point of the gun on his lopsided face. Back away, whatever you are, just step back or I'll shoot. Gravenfire dropped his gun and raised his hands. I didn't have much time to think about my next move. Should I shoot my way out or have a conversation? You will die by my hands. Oh well, there goes the conversation. Eric just stood there, oblivious to what's in front of him. Eric, don't you see what this thing is? I thought about getting back to my ship, but I needed a hostage. I pointed the gun towards Eric and told him to move. We walked out of the room, past Grace Jones and went outside. The soldiers flanked us from all directions. Eric, relax. Killing you is like killing me. All I know is that I have to get out of here. Tell your soldiers to lower their guns. He signaled as they complied. Don't you see who Gravenfire is? What he really is? None of this was registering. Whatever delusion or spell Gravenfire concocted was holding. My ship was a couple of steps away now. Out from nowhere, I heard a whistle. Seconds later, a dart pierced my neck. The world spun before everything turned black. The world came back into focus. I realized I was in a hospital bed. Announcements over the PA, clock on the wall, handcuffs chained to the bed. Wait, I'm handcuffed? Reality TV show playing. I tried lifting my arms and I could hardly move. I rested my head on the pillow. I have to conserve my energy and, and breathe slow. Sunflowers and a wedding picture was by the nightstand. It was my wedding picture. Beside the photo was my prescription pills that I often call my crazy pills. A kind looking man in a white coat entered. I presume he's the doctor. You had your poor wife scared to death, but I know you would come around. He took my blood pressure shone a light into my eyes and placed a stick on my tongue. Where am I? What year is it? He told me the year and the name of the hospital. You mean it's not 2419? He chuckled, smiled, and shook his head no. My wife entered. Catherine's face had a combination of anger and sadness, sprinkled in with relief. Eric, you had me word sick. Didn't I tell you to stay in your men? She squeezed both of my hands, gently. Catherine and the doctor took turns talking about my mental snafu, about a one-way trip to Mars and landing 400 years into the future, about meeting my doppelganger-slash-distant relative and aliens disguised as humans overseeing a post-apocalyptic world. It was all in my head, they emphasized. None of it, not one iota, is real. I listened. I was going to fight them, but instead I listened. What was real, what was fantasy, is all a blur. All I know is that I hate hospital food. Yuck! And I want to go home. When we got home... Catherine ordered me to take it easy, watch some old Seinfeld episodes, and empty my mind. Good advice. I flopped on the sofa as she was in the kitchen preparing my favorite meal. Catherine may be a little bossy, but she loves me. Sometimes she loves me way too much. We ate together. I told her little snippets about my ordeal Or I guess, for now, my mental ordeal because they concluded that none of it is real. I explained about my book becoming a classic and about a message written on the jail cell wall. She didn't say much. Normally, she would intervene and voice her opinions. She kissed my forehead. She never kisses my forehead and said she'll wait for me upstairs I poured myself some wine, sat by the kitchen table, and observed the room. The fridge over here, stove over there, everything seemed to be in the proper place. But at the same time, everything seemed out of place. I couldn't put my finger on it, and I did my best to forget about it. The phone rang. Hello? This is, the this is the quickening. What you're experiencing, what you're experiencing is, not is not real. Not real. Decode, Decode the following, the message, following message and, save, and your save your world. I waited online. This was the same message from the jail cell wall. I perked up, got a pen and paper, and jotted this down. My thoughts in a corner far beyond the galaxies, hidden. Amongst the nebulas, light of beauty distracting, no seekers can find it, only my kind can find me, the simple light lost in the universe. Quickening Part 4 Written by Dark Samaritan Produced by yours truly, York Campbell Poem by Okon Yukimi Cornelius Dominique Thank you to my son Elijah who played Senator Gravenfire and to my beautiful wife who played Catherine. Extra special thanks to my new super-earthling, Tiffany C. Lewis who bought me a delicious steaming flavored coffee. How did she do this? She went on Poetic Earthlings slash buy me a coffee and donated. No, she didn't go across Tim Hortons to get me a coffee. I'm not sure if that's just a Canadian thing or Americans have Tim Hortons. Well, besides the point, she definitely helped me out. Now, Tiffany is an author of two crime fiction novels, Stitches and Inside Out. I place an Amazon link in the show notes, so just in case you're driving, it's in the show notes. Also, I'm scheduled for my first interview. The podcast is called Time for Your Hobby. I'll let you know when it's released. Please tell a friend about this show, and remember to subscribe next time on Poetic Earthlings. Brand new banger. -banger. You're jamming with the hottest disc jockey. Hey, don't touch that dial. This is your crazy man. The crazy man is back inside the station, giving you the brand new hits. It doesn't matter if it's the East Coast, West Coast, or your coast. This DJ is breaking all the knobs off. Locked. We got you covered. By the way, the fifth caller that calls on the line is gonna win that fantastic prize. Oh yeah, you gotta be the number five caller. When you go on the line, you're gonna speak to me, the crazy man, the crazy man Dion. Crazy Man Dion's gonna give you that prize to Hawaii. Alright, let it bling. Q97.5 locked on your favorite dial on the FM channel. Yeah. Isn't that kind of annoying when you hear A DJ kind of pump you up on the radio station. Now, this DJ is going to receive the fifth caller. But this fifth caller is going to be from the other side of the universe. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen. Remember, be kind to each other. Be a good earthling. And I'll talk to you soon.